Get ready, you're about to enter the Renzo Republic. Shall we begin? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another awesome episode of the Remster Republic. A perfect place to talk about, you know, those things that people like to talk about. Liberty, man. I'm talking about liberty. Everyone likes to talk about liberty these days. Or do they? It, it seems that as we've been entering this, you know, this crazy, crazy new year known as 2017, pe- people are freaking out for, you know, some legitimate reasons and some crazy reasons. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about Trump. I'm talking about Trump. If you've been hanging on since season one, if you've been with me way yonder back, I, I've, I've been getting some messages from you recently. You're like, Remso, have you, like, jumped on the Trump train? Remso, are you a traitor to everything you said? Remso, are you trying to be, you know, just another one of those people you consider to be part of the conservative pundit complex? Remso, why do you suck? Remso, why do you suck? Remso, why do you suck? I've heard, like, five different people say that. And I don't know. Maybe you're just a lousy listener. But for the other 99% of you, you're absolutely awesome. But you are right. I've kind of changed my tone. There are some things about the current administration that I'm actually kind of excited about. You you know, I I call it the house on fire mentality. I warned a lot of people about what was potentially going to go on. Some of it, you know, I'm I'm still a little bit worried about. But for a lot of it, I mean, I'm, I'm not digging everything but i'm pretty happy and it's not like i want trump to fail it's not like i want to you know burn down the house while we're all still inside of it and this goes for any administration because we we should want you know some steps to go in the right direction for those of you out there that are like me you know we're not going to get our libertarian paradise anytime soon so let's just go ahead and kind of imagine you know what what good direction we can go in and one of many things that have kind of freaked people out has uh, been Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Now, when I was on the Alex Merced cast a few months ago, I said that, you know, I'm, I'm not too upset about it. I lived in Alabama for a couple of years. I, I kind of understand how Jeff Sessions operates. And when I said that, you would have thought that I was speaking some type of libertarian heresy. Now, I get it. I get it. He's not great on a lot of things. But there are some things I don't think people give him enough consideration on so to kind of lead into this conversation we're we're gonna focus on criminal justice it's not something that i'm incredibly strong in but that's all right because right now i have for you a real awesome treat we have the host of felony fridays from the lions of liberty podcast on tonight john odermatt john has been doing this for a while he's the person that i listen to on a weekly basis and um you know, I, I get a lot of my ideas from him on this type of stuff. And while I agree with most of it, when it came to things on the drug war and other stuff, may, maybe it's just that I'm not as passionate about it, but I feel like we need to give more people a fair shake on this. So, ladies and gentlemen, John Odermatt. John, welcome to the program. What is up, Remzo? Thank you for having me. It's it's great to be here. It's great to be here on the Remzo Republic. Man, it's been a long time coming. I've been listening to Felony Fridays since you first premiered a while back and I'm a giant fan. So to have you on, it's kind of like full circle because I, I had Mark on for my very first episode and I've been listening to lines of Liberty since, 
you know, the program first premiered, and I had him back on for season two. So to have you on, I think I'm missing Brian, but who needs Brian when I've got you? <laughs> That's exactly right. That's, and, Brian, and Brian's just getting started, just getting his feet wet now with his with his own show, Electric Liberty Land. So it's pretty give, cool. It's pretty give funny. him a little time to, you know, you know cycle through that and, and get it going. One day over the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, I'm... You know, I, I understand the reasons why many libertarians kind of aren't a big fan of the current administration's view towards criminal justice. Um, I, you know, I, I'll lay it out there. I think that Jeff Sessions is pretty wrong when it comes to civil asset forfeiture because I think that's just state-sponsored crime. Um, I understand the problem that a lot of people have when it comes to the drug war. I know a while back he said that good people don't smoke marijuana. And, uh, I, I mean, there are some concerns, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not an ANCAP. I'm not a stateless society type of guy. I do believe that there is a function for the state. And in terms of Jeff Sessions, you know, his biggest thing is if a law is on the books, enforce it. If not, get rid of it. So is there any positive gain that we could see in this new administration from a criminal justice standpoint, or is it all just, you know, bad from a libertarian view? Well, I don't know. That's a, that's a lot to digest at once. But j- just to take, just to talk about Jeff Sessions in that aspect, the, uh, the the drug aspect of it, which I think a lot of people rightfully are are concerned what Jeff Sessions is going to do because, as you said, he's been very anti-drug, very anti-marijuana. Where you contrast that with Donald Trump and Donald Trump on the campaign trail was saying, you know, we'll leave it up to the states. We're not going to go in and um, enforce laws in these states that have effectively effectively nullified. Uh, they've you know, passed uh, passed uh, ballot initiatives to legalize or decriminalize marijuana and medical marijuana. Donald Trump has said hands off, but Jeff Sessions has been has been quite the opposite. So uh, it's really it's really a wild card on on what's going to happen. I think if Trump were to hand over you know the reins to Jeff Sessions, I think Jeff Sessions, I'm not going to say he would go into every state because. They don't have the resources at the federal level to really fight that type of drug war, especially with marijuana legalized. And what is it now? Seven states, I think. Could be wrong on that. So I I really don't think it's possible, but he might pick his battles and maybe try to take down some larger distributors in in some states, which I think is is obviously the wrong thing to do. You know, I'm very pro-marijuana. I'm pro-ending the war on drugs, not because I want to use drugs, but because I don't think it's right to lock people in a cage for consuming a plant. I don't think it's right to tell people and to dictate to people what they can and cannot put into their own body. And also, I mean, when you talk about just talk about the heroin epidemic, I mean, it's awful, especially in the in the northeast up here in Pittsburgh and uh, lots of small towns in Pennsylvania where, where I am I'm outside of Pittsburgh. And people fail to realize that really what causes that problem, what causes people to overdose from heroin is not the heroin itself. Heroin, if you know, prescribed medically, which is done, it's been done in Switzerland for I don't know, maybe ten or fifteen years. They have a whole uh, medical prescription heroin program to help to ease people off of heroin. They've never had one overdose. They never had one person die. But when people die and people OD on heroin, it's because of the stuff that it's mixed with. That uh, they're not, they don't know the levels of it, and people take it and they can't handle it, and that's how they overdose. So I would like to. Take that stuff out of the shadows and help people who need to get help, help them actually get help um, and you know, medical help where they really could actually recover. So do you think Sessions would be more proactive, as you mentioned, or do you think he would like, I don't know, do, do you think he would respect a state's decision? Because, you know, a few moments ago I mentioned that 
he he said while he was on his uh, Senate confirmation hearing, if some if the states don't want to support something, take it out of the books. Until then, I'll support it. But then you know you, you kind of mentioned that he's more of a hawk on things. So do you think he'll? Because I, I you know he's a very he's a very conservative guy, and he's you know he's very neocony and big state in some ways. But do you think there's any part of him that says, ah, I'm just, you know, I'll, I'll just go with what the president says. Is there any optimism in this or do you think he's really just going to go after everyone? I, I mean, I, I don't think, like I said, I don't think he has the resources to go after everyone. He might try to make some statements in, in a, a diff, I don't know what state he, he could try to do that. But, yeah, I would not be I would not be shocked unless Trump tells him, you know, not to do it and says, you know, stay, stay out of that. Don't enforce uh, the uh, marijuana laws in these states that have decriminalized or legalized it. Unless he gets that direction, I think Jeff Sessions definitely will try to make some kind of statement. Um, it's not like he can I don't think he's going to start doing you no know, knock raids in all these states that have legalized across the country. That's just not feasible. But he might he might try to assert himself, which I, I think that's that's a bad move. No, I hear you. I definitely agree with you. John, we're going to go ahead and keep this conversation going, but first we're going to go ahead and hit our first commercial break. Folks, you're listening to the Remsar Republic with John Odermatt from Felony Fridays. Hang on tight. We'll be right back after this break. The voice of the Liberty Generation, Remzo W. Martinez. Take the show on the go by subscribing to the Remzo Republic on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. Don't be left out. Hey everyone, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty, rock and roll. Hey guys, Tim Preuss here, and I wanted to take a minute and invite you to stop over to PreussPodcast.com and give our show a listen. We've got in-depth commentary on the issues that matter to you. These hookers. <laughs> fucking whores are out there. These They're... hookers, man, I tell you. Yeah, that's like the most contact I've had with the hooker. It's them yelling at them you. yelling at me on Twitter. <laughs> we break down the most pressing issues of our time. This what? large lady with, like, tight clothing on. Not appropriately linked to tight clothing either. And we get the most intelligent analysis from friends of ours like Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, you pulled over engine trouble and, and what happened, what happened? Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, I, oh, God. Seriously, though, we love putting on a show that both entertains and educates. We're growing and we'd be thrilled if you joined us. Check out PreussPodcast.com for more. That's P-R-E-U-S-S podcast.com. Make sure to visit libertarianwingmedia.com, where you can find articles written by libertarians all over the world on all of today's issues. Check out our podcast network with monthly and weekly podcasts. Check out our libertarian t-shirt store with t-shirts like Make Markets Free Again and Make Markets Not War. And you too can become an author at Libertarian Wing Media and write what you want, when you want. Just email alexmerced at alexmerced.com. Thank you very much.
folks. Welcome back. John, we, we kind of you know, we, we kind of started moving the conversation more into the direction of the drug war. I, I want to talk about that a little bit because we're at a really peculiar time because right now the Republicans, you know, they they, um, they have a majority in 33 state legislatures at both levels for those that have a bicameral legislature. They basically run the federal government at this point. Um, you know, I, I do agree with you. I think right now in terms of the drug war, I don't necessarily see it easing up. It seemed that with Obama, things eased up more. And it wasn't necessarily because Democrats are, you know, pro-ending the drug war. Some are, some, but most aren't. Because when you look at what Obama did, he was pretty statist when it came to those policies. Though he did say, you know, if a state wants to get high or something, or if they want to start, you know, doing, um, uh, you know, more agriculture more agricultural-based things with hemp and stuff like that, let them do it. So I will give him credit for that. But, you know, for Republicans like Justin Amash and Rand Paul, I don't see many others, and I'm specifically talking Republicans, I don't see many others at the federal level really, you know, I I don't think they're going to take up this torch. Now, we've got my old boss, Tom Garrett, that kind of, you know, he, he said that if a state wants to legalize any type of drug, allow them to do that. But until then, enforce the law unless you want to take it off the books. So in terms of that, he respects it from a federalist standpoint. But, you know, as we look forward, are you optimistic that maybe, you know, maybe Republicans will see the error of their ways with this? Or are we kind of screwed? I mean, how do things look from here? Well, yeah, like, like you said, there's there's a handful of Republicans, Rand Paul, um, Justin Amash, Thomas Massey, who really are more libertarian leaning and uh, they understand the, the principles of, of uh, individual liberty and people owning their body and being able to make choices to consume what they want to. Um, so I, I really don't, th- outside of that, I, I don't see it growing that much more on the Republican side, unfortunately. Um, I, I don't think we're going to legalize drugs within the next four years. I don't think we're going to end the drug war within the next four years. But just to go back to talk about Obama for a minute, he's he has done some pretty interesting things towards the end of his term. Um, about a year ago, he was the first sitting president to visit a federal penitentiary, which is crazy. To, I never a crazy knew that. thing. Yeah, and uh, and he's he's uh, done. He's commuted hundreds, maybe up to a thousand sentences now for nonviolent drug offenders. He's um, you know let them free, brought back the release date reduce their sentences. So that's that's a good thing. It's just interesting that he's waited to do all this until he was about to leave office. Because you would think if it was something that he really believed in, and if he believed in it from a principled stance, not just from a you know a, a, a way to, to gain politically, you would think that he would have been doing it the whole eight years he was in. But I mean, didn't it, he used to smoke pot in college? He was part of the yeah, Chum Gang was, and all that jazz? He was part of the, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the Chum Gang growing up in Hawaii, right? Yeah, he was... He was smoking pot, and there was a uh, there was a video of his of his daughter, his oldest daughter, smoking pot at a music festival. Oh yeah, out. I remember that. And one weird thing that he said is he said he said something to the effect of, um, you know, once I get out of office, I'll, I'll fight fight the uh, marijuana the prohibition of marijuana from the outside. It's like Barack, what, what what are you even talking about? You were just you're president of the United States now, and then he's saying he's going to fight it when he's when he's out of office. So obviously he's just looking at it from a, a perspective where he can gain most politically. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, 
you know, the thing that I do respect about George Bush was that when it was time for him to go, that dude left. Like in the past eight years, you rarely heard or saw anything about George Bush. And one thing that he said during his final interview as president in 2007 was, you know, the upcoming commander in chief deserves my silence. And to his record, you know, Bill Clinton, Carter, they never did that for Bush. So we could talk all the smack we want about Bush, but he was extremely respectful to Obama. And, you know, the fact that he has a Georgetown apartment right now, the fact that he says, you know, he's going to stay involved in things like this, even though you and I may both agree that we need to bring an end to the drug war, do you think it'll kind of bring things back if we have a former unpopular commander in chief trying to get involved with you know, federal politics again? Do you think it'll probably bring us back because, you know, Republicans are in charge and he's unpopular? And automatically anything he talks about is going to be really, really unpopular. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think that's uh, that's the Republicans' dream, um, having Obama come back in. I mean, look what he's done to the Democrat Party. He came in as this superstar back in, well, I guess when he first gave this speech back when John Kerry was was running, but came in as a superstar. He was going to save the party, and he's he's pretty much destroyed it with help from Hillary Clinton, of course. But yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's a good point you make with with George Bush stepping away, and he's now he's painting, right? He's like a really good painter. Have you seen any? He's pictures actually of his really paintings? good. I actually really want to get that book he did, where he basically drew a portrait of every U.S. serviceman that died in Iraq. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to sound unpopular, but I don't think that George Bush is an evil person. I think he was a, I think he was a bad president. I think he made some of the worst decisions for my generation, and everything else. But when it comes to that, I think he was deeply remorseful and, uh, you know, his paintings, folks go check him out. He's, he's a pretty phenomenal painter, but I'm, I'm getting off track. My bad. Well, no, but I, I think I think that's I think that's important. I mean, I think there's there is some. I mean, he he's a human being. I don't. Yeah, like you said, I don't think he's some evil, heartless person. Maybe Dick Cheney is. I'm not oh, sure. That, that. Yeah, that's that's no argument. I mean, the Dark Lord is out there. I think I was talking to Mark a while back, and what we're going to do is we're going to try and go find Dick Cheney and uh, get him to come out into the spotlight and do an interview with him because that that guy. I I get afraid. It's like whenever we see like on the local news, a serial killer has escaped. I feel uncomfortable not knowing where Dick Cheney is sometimes. He legitimately did not have a heartbeat for like six months when they were like prepping for a heart transplant for him. They put this pump in. If you would have like checked for a heartbeat, there was nothing, but he was live <laughs> functioning. That's so spooky. I just, yeah, I mean, I, I have nothing really nice to say about Dick Cheney. Because of stuff like that. Because when it came to Dick Cheney, I mean, he did um, he did one interview. He did a really long interview. And I think, I don't know if he wrote a book about himself or if somebody else wrote a book. It was called Cheney on Cheney. But, I mean, you want to talk about someone who's not remorseful? Cheney was not remorseful about anything. And, yeah. I mean, one, one of the weird things, you know, we're talking about kind of people that who we're, we're not big fans of supporting things that – you know, we, we do support like Obama and the drug war and things like that. But, you know, it just an example of how kind of bad of a turn things can make. Dick Cheney was actually one of the first major Republican leaders to say, hey, if we can't just go full civil union, why not just privatize marriage? People forgot he said that because one of his daughters is actually a lesbian. And he said, you know what? They're not hurting anyone. Let's just let them have a contract. If they want to get married, let them do that. And as soon as Cheney said that, 
Republicans just completely ignored him because Democrats were cheering him on. And that lasted for all of five seconds because, you know, this is the middle of the Iraq war and things like that. And that just goes to show you the moment a really unpopular person takes up the torch of something you like, it's not going to go anywhere. Right. And that's 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 funny. I, I never knew that before that Dick Cheney supported that it does make sense. I did know that his that his daughter is, is a lesbian. It's like one um, of those weird footnotes in the history book, because yeah. I, I did see an interview with him back in 2012. And I was like, Dick Cheney, of all people, supported that because people have this misconception that, you know, he was you know, he, he did not have a single opinion on social issues. But when he was a senator, he was pretty socially liberal. He was you know, he, he's one of those like Rockefeller Democrats. He was really neocon but when it came to social stuff, you know, he was more of a progressive when it came to that. People don't necessarily know that about him. And it's really strange because it really outlines the Bush presidency. I mean, even when Kasich tried to revive the whole compassionate conservatism thing, John Kasich himself was, was a lot like Dick Cheney. Well, that's, that's the neocon way, right? Yeah. They're just progressives cloaked in, uh, cloaked in conservatism. They don't really believe in it, per se. They, they believe in taking care of people here, and also, they believe in you know managing, micromanaging uh, foreign countries and telling them how to live. Exactly. Yeah, but um, John, we're going to go ahead and keep things rolling, but we're going to go ahead and stop on our final commercial break. Folks, hang on tight. The conversation continues in just one moment. We'll be back shortly. Stay up to date with the latest news and updates by visiting remzorepublic.com. Make sure to subscribe to all the podcasts on the Libertarian Wing Media Podcast Network on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher, such as the Alex Mercedcast, with interesting interviews with interesting people every week. Breaking Progressives, spending time every week breaking down left-wing narratives and showing what's real and what's fake. Economics Why Not, a weekly look at economics and applying economic principles to daily life. Better Today, a weekly podcast where we take a look on ways to improve your life and be better today. Libertarian Commons is a podcast where we play audio from the video archives of Alex Merced from his videos dating back to 2008. Liberty Public Access, a podcast where anyone can submit an episode. Submit your episodes to Alex Merced at alexmerced.com. Have you been wanting to start your own podcast? Then subscribe to Podcast and Logging Tips and Tricks, a weekly podcast about how to host your podcast, how to produce your podcast, and how to market your podcast. We'll be adding some monthly podcasts to the lineup soon, including Make Markets Free Again, a monthly look at what's going on in markets and regulation all over the world, and the Free VST podcast, looking at free VST instruments for electronic music producers. Listen to these podcasts by going to libertarianwingmedia.com or subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And if you enjoy the podcast, tell your friends and leave a positive review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Welcome back to the program. John, to kind of wrap things up, I mean, we covered a lot of different areas, but criminal justice reform, the thing that I did really appreciate 
about Democrats is that for a while, this was something that they were willing to work with Republicans on. And I've, you know, I, I, I applaud Republicans like Rand Paul that were willing to reach across the table with Cory Booker when it came to, you know, mandatory minimum reform. Um, you know, d- Republicans did really good during the Obama administration pushing against civil asset forfeiture. Mm-hmm. I think that this is one of those issues that for progressives who really hate Trump, they can hate Trump all they want. But in terms of getting things done with this new Republican administration, it's like what I tell everyone, you know, oppose and fight where you feel you need to, but where you can build bridges and actually get things done in the advancement of liberty. Always do that because that's what matters more than partisanship. So do you think that we're going to be able to see kind of that behavior going forward? Or do you think Democrats, because they're, you know, they're in the minority in both the Congress and the Senate, are going to kind of, you know, step backwards with all that progress they made. Well, I think if Democrats were smart, they'll, they'll do exactly what you said. And they would um, you know, find these areas where they can work together with, with Republicans, which criminal justice reform, it's a great way. And th- that's how they need to actually you know, build some trust back with the American public and actually build some trust back with their voting base, with people in, in inner cities who they've just taken advantage of for, for so long. You know, they've Every four years, every two years in Congress and and senators getting elected every six years, they'll go and they'll campaign in inner cities and talk about how they're going to help people. And then they turn around, go back to Washington and they do nothing, nothing to reform the broken criminal justice system, nothing to to help people who have just been completely trampled by these unjust, unjust drug laws. I mean, you talk about mandatory minimums, you talk about the difference in sentencing between crack cocaine and, and cocaine. Um, and it's just a different type of power. And you spend, you know, six times the amount of time in jail for crack cocaine over cocaine. Um, it's kind of a little bit better, but it's, it's still not even at this point. So if Democrats were smart and if they wanted to get some easy wins, um, I think this it, it could be an area. Um, but like I said earlier in the show, I'm not necessarily that optimistic that there's enough Republicans who are going to get on board outside of Rand Paul and Massey. And uh, Justin Amash, just there's just doesn't seem to be um, that much there in the current in the current uh, Republican House and Senate and that Republicans control the House and Senate. And it seems like they have a different agenda. I don't think criminal justice reform right now seems to be it's not something you heard Donald Trump talking about much at all. He says, you know, leave it up to the states. So it's, it's something Democrats, along with uh, those uh, liberty Republicans, are going to have to lead Definitely. And I'm, I know I'm playing armchair quarterback. This doesn't really mean anything. But I mean, when when I heard of the people that Trump was speculating for AG, I mean, if, if I were in his position, I would have appointed Rick Perry because despite all of his faults, when Rick Perry was governor of Texas, I mean, he had this mantra that we need to empower more people and we need to shut down more prisons. I mean, when, when it came to that, there were so many other people that were better. I mean, heck, in, in a libertarian utopia, I would have made Judge Napolitano AG. I mean, <laughs> if, if we're going to go that far. But, you know, if, if we're going to discuss things pragmatically, I mean, Rick Perry, he's not a libertarian, but the guy understood, you know, it, it does nothing good for anybody when you put people in those rape cages. They're not 
You know, you're not reforming anyone. I never understood how putting someone in a cage of a bunch of other terrible people was supposed to reform them. Because I think what Republicans fail to do, and they suck at this, is they don't give you a straight answer. You're either incarcerating people forever, and you're just hoping that you can keep them away from the rest of society by locking them up, or you're going to reform them. You have to do one or the other. You can't just go this middle, oh, well, we're going to keep them away, and hopefully they'll understand the errors of their ways. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And then that goes ahead and that completely screws up the people that made a mistake in their lives, all those young people that made a mistake in their lives, because look what we did. Yeah, it's um, I don't know if it's if they're just willfully ignorant of it and, and they don't want to look at the situation for the reality of what it is or if they haven't experienced, you know, their own family members and friends getting caught up in the criminal justice system. But I mean, one, one of the major reasons that I started Felony Friday and I, you know, first before it was a podcast, I wrote every Friday it was an article that I wrote looking at different uh, criminal justice issues. But one of the main reasons I started it is um, my my brother in law. Before my wife and I were married, he was in college and um, he wasn't actively selling marijuana, but he had somebody approach him asking asking for marijuana, and he he had some friends that that uh, you know sold, so he tried to help the guy out, and he went and he you know. Gave him a bag of marijuana. The same guy comes back a week later, asks for more. He goes and gets some more. Comes back two weeks later, you know, more and so on. Turns out it was an undercover cop, and the cop came back as many times asking for enough quantities to charge him with five felonies. So my brother-in-law ended up going to prison for a, a little over a year. Um, he he was on probation. I think he's still on probation, but um, he's mostly good now. But he has that felony record stuck to him forever now. And I mean, he's, he, he's a good kid. He's a, he's a good guy. And he, he made a mistake. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that, you know, it was a smart thing to do. I mean, knowing that marijuana is illegal, you, you gotta, you know, think about what you're doing. Selling to someone you don't know, that's, that's not the, not the smartest move, but the, I mean, it's, it's, it was just a ridiculous punishment. And thankfully, um, I saw the importance, I watched him go through this. I saw the importance of having a family that's standing with a person, supporting a person, helping them to get through this system. Because if you don't have a family there, if you don't have family members, friends there, somebody to help you as you're coming out of the criminal justice system, you are entirely screwed because they take away your driver's license and they expect you to get a job. How are you going to get a job when you have to take a bus and then you got to be back by certain hours, you have curfew? It's, it, it's, it's so hard to get out of that system once they get you trapped in it. So that's really where, where my passion for... You know, that's where Felony Friday came from. And that's where my passion for criminal justice reform comes from. And I wish and I, I don't want to say I wish the more people knew about this because that would mean their, their family members or friends went through this. But I just wish there was more of an understanding. And that's that's what I'm trying to get across. That's that's remarkable, John. I actually never knew that. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense now because this is something you're incredibly passionate about. And this is, a, you know, for a lot of people, this is one of those vice topics. It's not popular to talk about. Even amongst, you know, your pot-smoking Democrats, they don't necessarily want to talk about this stuff. Even amongst libertarians, this is an uncomfortable topic. So oh, Absolutely. And uh, I think part of the issue is there's this stigma that goes along with it. You know, if you're going out advocating for, for using marijuana or for legalizing drugs, people assume that, that you're doing it because you want to use them, which is, is just ridiculous. I mean, you can hold, you know, two contradictory thoughts in your head at the same time and you can still be for legalizing something and also be against really, really using it for, for the most part. I mean, I'm not going to 
you know, dictate or tell somebody that what they should, you know, can or can't put in their body. But at the same time, I don't think it's a good idea to go out and shoot heroin. I think it's pretty stupid. So, yeah, exactly. And um, you, you've pretty much covered it. But, you know, to kind of wrap up the show, what's the biggest thing you want people to go home with? Because I know there are going to be people listening to us saying, ah, Remso, John, they they just, you know, I'm I'm still not sold on this. But what's your message to those people to get them thinking, to actually get them to pay attention to this and maybe rethink their opinion? I would say um, start to start to seek out, um, start to really seek out some of these cases in the criminal justice system um, and look for cases of injustice because because they're everywhere. And uh, one way you could do this is by you can start listening to Felony Friday, start listening, to, listening to the Lines <laughs> of Liberty podcast because every Friday I'm going to bring this stuff up. But I mean, it's, it's even more than that. Um, I think we live in a culture today where a lot of people just read headlines and then you know, they'll comment on it, they'll tweet it, they'll like it. They don't actually go in and read the article. So uh, I just want to encourage people when, when you see something out there, somebody posts something about criminal justice reform, actually go and read the article, try to understand it, question it, think about it if you're getting the whole story and, uh, and, then, and, then, and then comment and you know, give, your, give what you think of it. But um, I, I think people need, to be, people need to be more critical of what they, of what they take in. And I don't know. I'm just hopeful that, that you know, people hearing, hearing the story, the story I told today, uh, start to understand really just the, how broken the criminal justice system is. Exactly. John, thank you so much for coming on the program, man. This was a really insightful episode. And I'm hoping that maybe we can change some minds with it. Because as you said, you know, we, ha- we have a broken criminal justice system. And it will only change when people actually take action. So thank you very much. Absolutely. And Remzo, if I can just say, say one more thing, I do have a special offer for your fans out there. Oh, Remzo bring Republic. it. Do it. So I, I don't know if you know this, but I, I've made some Make Liberty Great Again hats and shirts. And you can find those at igniteliberty.us. And using code Remzo, I'm going to give you just people use that code. You'll get 25 percent off. That is perfect. John, you'll go ahead and send me the link for that so I can put that in the show notes, right? Absolutely. Perfect. Man, you are awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Folks, you heard them. This is one of those topics that's really unpopular. And there's so much I could say about it. But what I can say is this, especially those really like hardcore, you know, Bible thumping Christians like myself. I, you know, I I put myself in that category. There's something we talk about in the church and it's understanding your burdens. And when people hear burdens, they automatically think of something that's just, you know, they don't want to deal with it. It's something that they're stuck with. It's something that they just, you know, they, they want to get rid of. But, you know, John brought up something. It's that this is his burden. And it's not necessarily, you know, it, it is a bad thing because his brother-in-law had to, you know, face penalties for something that was, you know, in, in like the grand scheme is nothing. But according to the law, it was something serious. He's taken it upon himself to be the voice for those without one. He's taken it upon himself to talk about something that not many people really want to talk about. And he could do so much more of his time. He can go out and he could go spend more time with his kids. He could go out and do so much more things for himself. But instead, he's giving a voice for those without one because he has embraced his burden and he's trying to make a change in the world. We need more people like John from Felony Fridays and so many other people. But, you know, what's one thing you could do to get this message out there? Share the episode. Go ahead and share the episode on Facebook and Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Remso101. 
And as always, subscribe to the show. We're on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Player FM. We're everywhere on your app of choice. Or just go ahead and check us out at RemsterRepublic.com. Folks, embrace your burdens. Be awesome. Be good to your neighbor and advance liberty always. I'm Remso W. Martinez. Good night, America. Stay connected to Liberty's Rabble Rouser on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episodes, blogs, and other available content. What are you waiting for?